Hello and welcome to the Catholic Nerd Podcast. I am Groot. Uh, I am Steve Rogers. No, I, I'm your host, Michael Denton. Welcome to episode two, where I talk about Infinity Wars. Uh, a few, a few housekeeping notes. Uh, first, I apologize for not getting this episode out uh, much sooner, uh, but I forgot that my wife was about to embark on a two-week um, educational course in New York at the Budamere Institute. Uh, so that required a lot of prep on our part uh, last week, including buying a number of things that you can take on an airplane. So uh, apologies for that. Um, hopefully there won't be this much time. Well, I, I'm, I say that I'm about to go on a vacation, so there may be an, uh, that amount of time between this episode and the next episode. But after that, I think we'll get on a regular schedule or I can get it every week. Um, second, I got a lot of really good feedback uh, from people who said, hey, I really like the idea of your podcast. I'm excited to listen to it. But I haven't seen Solo yet because it's hard for me to get out to the theaters. So what I'm going to be doing after this one, since I already promised I was going to do it, is do something I'm going to call the Redbox rule, which is I'm not going to cover uh, any new movie until they're available on Redbox. And I think that'll be good for everybody. Um, it'll give me an opportunity to see the movie uh, multiple times without having to go to the theater. Uh, and it'll give you an opportunity to have made sure you actually have seen the movie. So I think that'll make for a much better foundation for conversations and all of that. Uh, it'll also be good for me because it'll allow me a number, uh, a lot of time to let the movie sink in and think about it. And I think it'll make for better podcasts. So uh, I think that that'll be good. Uh, finally, uh, since people may not have seen the movie, but may not be interested in seeing the movie, may, may want to keep uh, involved in the podcast. I'm going to do a quick recap of what happens in the movie to give everyone a basis um i also think since i'm doing movies that you know are older and have come out a while you may have forgotten all the details but may not have rewatched the movie recently so i think by doing that it'll kind of remind everybody of what's happened and that way um you can follow along the conversation that's especially true for this movie because there are so many characters and so many plot lines keeping it all uh in track and remembering it all can be kind of difficult so so with that, let's get started. Uh, as always, spoilers ahead, since this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Spoilers for possibly every movie in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if you're behind on your Marvel movies, be warned now. Okay. Now the people who've jumped off ship for the spoilers are gone. Let's talk about Thanos. Uh, we start this movie with Thanos attacking the ship, carrying Thor and the Asgardians. Uh, he's doing so in order to get the Tesseract from Loki. Um, if you don't know what the Infinity Stones are, uh, they are stones which apparently were created in the beginning of the universe that control different aspects of our existence. Um, we've seen Doctor Strange use the Time Stone to reverse time. Uh, we've seen the Mind Stone used to create vision. Um, they all seem to have certain powers, although their powers are generally very vague, very unclear. But we know that if you have all of them, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that creates matter. I think there's an implication that there isn't, which is the answer to why doesn't Thanos just create a whole lot of food for everyone. But there we go. So anyway, Thanos wants to collect all those stones because the power that he wants to use in the universe is the power to wipe away half the beings in the universe randomly. Um, so... He tries, he, he tells Loki that he will kill Thor unless he hands over the Tesseract and the Infinity Stone within it. Loki complies. Loki then tries to kill Thanos and is in fact killed himself. Hulk is defeated by Thanos, and but before Hulk is killed, 
Heimdall uh, sends Hulk to Earth via the Bifrost. On Earth, Tony's having a conversation with Pepper Potts about a dream he had where Pepper was pregnant. However, Doctor Strange interrupts, bringing with him the Hulk. After Hulk warns them that Thanos is coming, Tony considers, but he doesn't actually call Steve Rogers. Uh, they're interrupted as Ebony Maw, who is a child of Thanos, attacks, looking for the Time Stone with Doctor Strange. A battle ensues with Strange, Iron Man, and Spider-Man. And by the way, I'm going to use Iron Man and Tony Stark kind of interchangeably as we go on. So if you don't know that Iron Man is Tony Stark, that's who it is. Sorry for that spoiler. Uh, Ebony Maw ends up kidnapping Doctor Strange and taking him aboard uh, his ship headed towards Titan, uh, the home planet of Thanos, uh, with Iron Man and Spider-Man aboard. Meanwhile, another group of children of Thanos attack Vision and Scarlet Witch. Uh, Vision, as we said earlier, has a Mind Stone implanted in him, and it was in fact created by the Mind Stone. Uh, the children of Thanos are defeated by the Avengers who have sided with Captain America following Infinity War, uh, but Captain America chooses not to kill them. I say Captain America. I think it's actually Black Widow. Regardless, they mercifully let them go back after the defeat. Meanwhile in space, Thor is rescued by the Guardians of the Galaxy, who decide to then split up half the group, with half of them going to go help Thor uh, create a new weapon to, in order to kill Thanos, and the other half going to the Collector to head off Thanos' attempt to find the Infinity Stone there. Uh, before, they, before they get to the Collector... Peter, uh, Peter Quill and Gamora have a conversation where Gamora makes Peter Quill promise to kill her if Thanos ever captures her. When they get to the Collector, they find Thanos um, threatening the Collector. Drax and Gamora rush in in order to get their revenge for their respective families that Thanos have killed. And they seem to have killed Thanos only to find out that it was all a, a ruse created by Thanos with the Reality Stone in order to trap them. Thanos captures Gamora, Peter Quill tries to kill her, and is unsuccessful. Um, Thanos takes Gamora, who knows the location of the Soul Stone, and forces her to reveal it by threatening the life of her sister Nebula. Thanos and Gamora go to the Soul Stone and discover that they can only retrieve it if Thanos sacrifices someone they love. Uh, and... While Gamora doesn't think he loves anyone, apparently he loves Gamora, and so he throws her off the roof in, in an act of sacrifice. And by doing that, he actually obtains the Soul Stone. Back on Earth, there's a much debate about what they should do in order to prevent Thanos from obtaining the Mind Stone that is attached to Vision. While Vision is okay with sacrificing himself, and wants him is okay with him being destroyed as a in conjunction with the destruction of the Mind Stone, Steve Rogers rejects this idea. Instead, they go to Wakanda, hoping that their technology and the genius, the medical genius there, Shuri, can enable them to separate vision from the Mind Stone itself. Um, so they go to Wakanda, home of the Black Panther. Um, meanwhile, Peter, Peter Quill and Drax go to Titan, hoping to find Thanos, only to run into... Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and Iron Man, who have beaten Ebony Maw. So Steve's plan to save Vision is thwarted by the attack of Thanos' army. They decide to battle Thanos' minions in order to hope that that will buy enough time to complete the procedure that Shuri is attempting on Vision. To make a long story short and to cut out 
a number of X hero has moment of awesomeness in destroying, you know, CGI minions. The procedure is interrupted, but they prevent the vision and the mind soon from ultimately being captured by Thanos's army. Thanos arrives on Titan expecting the time stone, but is attacked by the Avengers who have a plan to um, lull to, to hold uh, Thanos and then put him to sleep and then slip the gauntlet off thereby reobtaining the infinity stones. Um, however, uh, during this, Peter Quill finds out that Thanos has killed Gamora. Blinded by rage, he attacks Thanos, which wakes him out of the sleep and prevents them from getting the gauntlet. Doctor Strange, who has looked into the future and has seen 14,000 possibilities and only one in which the Avengers are successful, surrenders the Time Stone in order to prevent Thanos from killing Tony Stark. Thanos then uses the gauntlet to travel to Earth. Uh, the Captain America Avengers fight him there, um, but Scarlet Witch destroys the Mind Stone and Vision with it in order to prevent Thanos from capturing the last Infinity Stone. Unfortunately, Thanos uses the Time Stone in order to reverse the damage back in time, and he then obtains the Mind Stone and kills Vision with it. Thor has gotten his weapon, and he strikes Thanos, striking him in the heart. However, that does not kill him, and Thanos is able to get off the snap, and ultimately Thanos escapes with the power of the Infinity Gauntlet. Half of our heroes and half the beings of the universe are snapped out of existence, and half the population is now gone. The movie ends with Steve Rogers saying, Oh God. Not, to, not counting the credits scenes in that yet. So that's a long summary, and I glossed over a number of subplots and subpoints. Um, and I, you know, I, mean, I didn't really talk about Thanos, excuse me, Thor reforging uh, his new weapon. But I think that's a pretty good foundation for the conversation that I'm about to have. So let's start with Thanos. Get a drink of water. And I think Thanos is a really interesting figure because he's a really good antichrist figure. And by that, I mean, he is very much an inverse savior, uh, maybe a materialistic savior, if you will. Um, and, and, and to be sure, Thanos sees himself in those terms, in terms of a savior. He is motivated by a desire to save the universe from itself, to save it from its own weakness and weak will in order to create paradise, to allow the universe to enter into paradise as Jesus allowed humanity to enter into the paradise of his father. Thanos believes he has sacrificed everything by the end of the movie in order to restore the universe to perfect balance. Specifically, Thanos has seen the destruction of his own planet in an event that we're not really sure what exactly happened, but he's attributed it to overpopulation. And so he's become a Malthusian. Now, if you're not familiar with Malthusianism, it's a belief named after an 18th century thinker. In nuts and bolts of it is that they believe that if you have overpopulation of humanity, you're going to suffer war, disease, famine, whole lot of things. Eventually, it comes into a population event or a population bomb. It's kind of the more recent um, iteration of it. And so the population of humanity must be curtailed back. Thanos in this vein believes that by destroying randomly half, half the beings of the universe, there will exist material plenty, allowing people to enjoy paradise. 
it's noteworthy to me to to recognize that Thanos thinks of paradise exclusively in material terms. That is, if there's plenty of food, goods, and resources, one will be happy. I think it's also important that Thanos doesn't assume that there's any kind of plan to, you know, maybe cut down on waste. He assumes that people are greedy and will want a set amount of things. And the idea of them self-sacrificing themselves and cutting back on their own goods in order to curtail potential disasters is something that never crosses into his mind. And in general, he, he just doesn't understand why people don't appreciate his vision. You know, Gamora tells him that she hated him from the start about what he, he did to her home planet. Because as we see in flashbacks, Thanos and Gamora met when Thanos attacked her planet and destroyed half the beings and then essentially abducted her. But he doesn't understand that. He says, look, your people are happy now. They have all these material goods. They are in paradise now. And then when he's successful, he goes and he retires to a farm. He's by himself. No Gamora, no Nebula, no one else there. He's just there with his quiet life by himself with a farm in order to provide him the material goods that he needs. Contrast this to everyone else in the movie and what they're fighting for. They're all fighting for someone else. They're fight, you know, Tony Stark is fighting to get back to Pepper Potts and perhaps their their baby. Scarlet Witch and Captain America and, and those Avengers are fighting for Vision's life. Or Gamora fighting for Nebula. Peter Quill fighting for Gamora. For the Avengers, paradise is nothing without their loved ones. There is no consideration whatsoever to material goods. It's only about them living in the community with their friends and family. This vision of paradise also affects their actions. Thanos believes he has sacrificed everything. But everything to him is always the lives of someone else. Whether it's those he snaps away, whether it's the children of Thanos, the army of Thanos, or even Gamora. He never sacrifices himself. It's always someone else who is the offering, as opposed to Christ, who himself was the offering. I think we have a really great depiction of that in the Battle of Wakanda, where Thanos' army is battling to break the shield of Wakanda. And the way they do that is by having these you know, CGI monsters constantly rush into the energy shield. And they're constantly being torn apart and killed in it. And they keep rushing in. They don't have any respect for their own life. As long as it destroys the shield. And Thanos and you know the children of Thanos who are leading the army have no respect for their lives. As long as the objective is achieved, they don't care. In contrast, the Avengers, quote, don't trade lives, in the words of Steve Rogers. Doctor Strange, who previously swore to Tony that he would let Tony and Spider-Man die to protect the Time Stone, freely offers it to Thanos in order to save Tony Stark's life. Gamora and Loki make the same choice of handing over a stone to save someone's life in order to save Nebula and Thor, respectively. Steve Rogers refuses to kill the minions of Thanos at first, in the first battle, and then he takes Vision to Wakanda in order to try to save his life first. Steve had no problem 
sacrificing himself in order to save hundreds. Excuse me. Steve had no problem sacrificing himself in order to save Vision. He also had no problem years and years ago sacrificing himself in the events of the first Captain America movie in order to save the lives of all those people on the East Coast. But he will not sacrifice Vision or someone else's life unless it's absolutely necessary. T'Challa also, when he sees the army of Thanos rounding the shield, allows the shield to be open, willingly accepting the attack of the army in order to save Vision's life, knowing that such an act will involve the sacrifice of the lives of his men and possibly even of himself. Now, I say that the Avengers don't trade lives, but that's not quite entirely true because there are a few instances in which they don't try to protect lives. It's also noteworthy that those are the instances in which they fail and really enable Thanos to succeed. Gamora is captured because Demora and Drax rush in to get their vengeance, hoping to kill Thanos. Peter and Gamora's plan to kill Gamora, rather than let her be captured, also fail. Even though that plan is praised by Thanos, which is a pretty clear sign that it's an evil plan. The plan on Titan to separate Thanos from the Infinity Gauntlet goes awry because Peter Quill is blinded by his revenge and his desire to kill Thanos over saving the lives of the universe. Thor also fails because he too wants revenge against Thanos and so doesn't execute uh, the attack on Thanos properly. He doesn't aim for the head and so the snap happens. In all of those examples, they're blinded by their revenge and so they fail because they fail and fail and they fail because they want to kill Thanos. So I think this movie is a fantastic meditation on the value of life. We have a villain who openly desires to sacrifice the lives of others in order to achieve a material paradise, and the heroes who try to preserve life, only to fail because they don't value life enough, namely Thanos' life. The life of the villain, or if you will, the life of the sinner. We've had a lot of talk recently about how to treat your enemy in the political sphere, and so I find that this movie that shows revenge against your enemy a fascinating counterexample. Indeed, as Catholics, how often do we encounter our own Thanos? You know, the concerns about Malthusianism and overpopulation are not foreign to those of us who have had large families at a young age. The belief on birth control usually leads to large families, and so plenty of awkward conversations in the grocery mart, like, are you done, and are they all yours, and do, do you know about overpopulation? <laughs> While we correctly pick out our political opponent opponents' Malthusian tendencies to devalue the lives of others and policies that promote birth control and abortion uh, in material impoverished communities, both here and abroad, how often do we examine our own tendencies to devalue life, especially to devalue the lives of our opponents? It's easy to see Thanos in the the person who tells a pregnant woman to, quote, take care of it. But do we see it in ourselves when we share that meme on Facebook or make that cruel joke about our opponent? All lives have dignity, and all lives are worth protecting, even Thanos's. The movie ends with Steve saying defeatedly, Oh God. It's not an accident. Thanos has come as an antichrist, an anti-god, sacrificing him, uh, excuse me, sacrificing others 
instead of himself. To achieve a paradise based on material wealth rather than love. The Avengers now need their own savior. And I suspect an act of self-sacrificial love to undo the snap and restore the law, those lost. But we will see next year when the next Infinity War movie comes out. So that's all for this week. Uh, let me know if you've enjoyed their, this podcast and if there's any other themes from this movie that I missed that you think I should talk about. Um, if you want to contact me, I'm available um, catholicnerdpodcast at gmail.com or catholicnerdpod uh, on Twitter. Uh, next episode, I think I'm going to cover The Incredibles, not Incredibles 2, but the first Incredibles. And then I'm hoping to do either The Last Jedi or maybe then I'll finally get outside the ever-growing Disney conglomerate. So until then, have a good day and God bless.